You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Another episode of On the Turnbuckle here on my podcast, house.com. Thank you for joining us all, whatever you're listening to us on. Great to have you on for another week. Welshie, good day to you. Very good day, Tony. I wonder if Stitches still a thing. Yeah, it might be. I don't know. They're all changing hands though at the moment, aren't they? Uh, Lyle, good day to you. Oh, how you going, mate? Sorry I couldn't be in the uh, studio, but yeah, yeah, work is sometimes. No, that's okay. We're, uh, we're totally understand with your situation and hopefully the cream fixes it over the next few days. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it didn't, it didn't help that much last time. Is it itchy? Uh, not anymore. No, no if you no. don't itch it, it's not itchy. You don't scratch it, you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it. You don't itch it, doesn't make any sense. Yeah, well, you, you know how you are. You One day we'll get Lyle speaking English. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I'm going to take that up from Tony. Um, I never said a word. What Tony, does, Tony speaks for? English well. He just doesn't do names. Oh, that's right. Especially the yeah. English ones. Speaking of names. Uh, speaking of names, Slade Mercer joining us. Well, speaking of on. names, um, we had a good guest. You had a, you guys did a really good job last week. Um, Thank you. Who would you have? Usually, I um, I don't really appreciate the interviews that Hooligan. I'm not on, but um, I thought you guys did a pretty good job last week with the hooligan Marcus Cool, or as Tony likes to call him, Mark Moretti. What was the be- best part of the interview? When he was talking, not when you two were talking. Uh, so I, 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 I was going to say that. I think we, you know, credit where it's due. I think the hooligan carried uh, Tony and I um, to a quite enjoyable interview. I don't. Uh, I don't agree. I think that it was. It was a good chat. I thought you did a really good job. Um, <laughs> and if anyone hasn't heard it, go back and listen because um, it was. I was talking to the hooligan, but mind you, I did run into the hooligan on Saturday night, and he did express that he thought it would have been better if I was there. Um, yeah. and I had to agree with him, but you know, you, you did, guys did well. Thank you. We appreciate that. And yeah. look, I'll tell you what, in just a minute or so time, we're talking to another river bloke, lol, Slade Mercer. Looking forward to no, catching up with him in a couple of minutes. Been looking forward to this. Yeah. He's been away for a while now. He's back in the country. He's done young. Ro- I'm, I'm pumped for this. I seen him at mayhem. So I want to bring up when he's seen your big head at the, the Lucha Fantastica show. Yeah. My surprise, Tony. I, I, I got a page. Give me some time. Because I got a lot of questions. 
give me some. Oh, it's going to be hard because I'm over Zoom. Just give me that little wink or a little bit of a pause. Let me lead me in. Uh, I may even. I'll let you know when I've finished. Basically, you can. You should. You should control the interview then, and we'll just. I will then. when we need to. I will leave it. Leave it. Slade obviously is one of one of our favourites. So, but I've got a lot to talk to him about. So, you just give me some. Give me some free air. I'm really looking forward to this chat. We haven't spoken to this guy for a while. He's hasn't been around for he's a while. Been, he's been overseas. Yeah, been he back has. in his back in his home planet of New Zealand. Exactly, but he sort of uh, steps on our shores every now and then. It'd be great to have a chat to him. Slade Mercer joins us for that talk. Hello, Slade. Hey, hey, Tony. Hey, Brett. Uh, great to be here as always. Great to chat to you guys. I missed you both. We've missed you too, buddy. You always brought a smile to our face when we've had a chat, and I'm sure tonight will be no exception. Uh, what have you been doing, buddy? You've been a busy man. You've been doing a bit of TV and uh, a bit let's, of wrestling here and there. Let's start with the TV. Yeah, let's do that. Let's, let's do that. Brutus Beefcake. <laughs> Mate, um, and did you ever know that you looked like Brutus Beefcake? Yeah, no. I'll be honest, <laughs> no. And but I mean, uh, I think you've seen the photo, and it's one of the best yeah. photos we have. Um, and we had to sort of take that in between takes because uh, everyone was in outfit. Uh, it was it was Andre's last day on set, so he was like, "Let's get a big group shot. We're all together," and we had to like make a point of it. Uh, we were at a stadium in the Gold Coast. Uh, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head now. Uh, but we were at a stadium on the Gold Coast, which is where we filmed some of the stuff. And so we went out on the pitch and then it started raining, came back in, uh, had a couple of photos inside too. But yeah, everybody's in their uh, full kit. And when I'm in my full kit, I can see what I guess the casting agent saw. Yeah. Um, when I sent my audition, I didn't, I didn't look anything like that. So I don't know how they got it from that, but they did. Uh, and I'm very thankful for that. Um, I suppose you and Andre would have had to stand separate sides of the photos so that Brutus the Barber Beefcake didn't look taller than Andre. Well, so uh, most of the scene will remember the initial casting that came out, uh, and I'm sure you guys will too because it was on Facebook and everybody was tagging everyone and whatever. So the minimum requirements at the time were six foot and 110 kilos plus. Oh, geez, so, yeah, so, you know, I mean, I've... I, might knock out some people, but, you know, I fall into that category. So um, it was an open audition at the time. So you just send your stuff in and they get in touch with you and say, hey, we'd like you to audition for X or Y role. Um, they sent me that. I sent my audition. Um, and, yeah, I, like I say, I was very lucky to get the part. Um, and pretty much, I mean, I don't know if you talk to anyone else, but I'm, I'd, I'd be surprised if anybody who was a wrestler in this country didn't put something in for that. Like, there's no reason not to. Why wouldn't you? Um, especially considering how much more popular wrestling has become in the mainstream, mm. how many more TV shows, movies are occurring in, in, in around wrestling as a theme. So, uh, yeah, um, just very lucky. Is this the first pro- – I mean, it's the first big production you've ever done. What's it like the first day stepping onto set? It's unreal. Um, yeah, the first big production I have done bits and pieces before, um, smaller television shows, but obviously this is NBC. This is, yeah, this is American network television and all that that entails. So, yeah, like 
full service, like the driver picks me up to take me to set. Uh, I go to the makeup chair. Uh, if they're not ready for me on set, I go sit in my trailer. Like, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous when you say it out loud. With your but, name or Brutus the Barber Beefcake on the trailer? Well, it says Brutus Beefcake, yeah. Like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that, that, was, that was what it was like. So, you know, you go get in your stuff, and then when they're ready for you on set, you know, you get called to set and do your bits and pieces. And um, there's always someone making sure, you know, hey, do you need anything? Do you want a coffee? You want water? Are you okay? Rah, rah, like all of that kind of stuff. So, yeah, very cool to be involved with, very cool to be a part of something so big. Uh, and see all the sort of working cogs and pieces that go into that. But, yeah, massive thing. I want to explore this trailer thing a bit more because <laughs> it sounds cool. Was it like your own caravan with a bed and all that sort of stuff in it? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, cool. so like, trailers, tra- it, <laughs> from what I understand, trailers are kind of like a part and parcel thing with any production. Yeah. Um, mainly because there's a lot of, you know, uh, hurry up and wait that goes on. And so at the time they were saying, you know, we were, they were the, apparently the country. So Australia, I've since found out, has a lot of production. So with COVID happening in the States over the last couple of years and so many productions, television, movies, you name it, getting shut down because of COVID, a lot of studios chose to come here during that time frame to film. Now they're continuing to stay here. So like... Elvis was filmed in Australia, the movie that's about to come out. Uh, they film a ton of Netflix shows. Mm. They film La Brea here in Victoria. So there's a ton of stuff. Um, so as a result, there was a shortage of trailers. So, yeah, so my trailer was a uh, was more like a caravan. Yeah, so, you know, full facility, bed out the back, um, all of that. Wow. I bet you probably wouldn't have fit in, let's face it. I mean, I still had the duck. <laughs> Spend your knees. Your well, I wouldn't have been able to help um, myself. I would have had the guy who gets the coffee. I would have asked for it and then just thrown it at him and told him it's not hot enough. Then when it comes back, throw it again. It's too hot. I would. Have I mean, like the, <laughs> it's it's yeah. I don't even know how to describe it. Like just silly little things. Like, uh, you know, we might be walking to set and it might start drizzling, and like you won't even hold your own umbrella. <laughs> The, the the production assistant walking with you will hold the umbrella for you. I just don't. It's just a completely different world. Heading back to work after that would be uh, it would be like really uh, Tough. deflating. Yeah, mundane. I think would be to normal. Life, go get your own work. coffee and things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, and hold my own umbrellas. Yeah. No, At lunchtime, where's my trailer? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's that photo you're talking about earlier on with the cast and and the like. It was really like someone had raised the dead. Some of those characters just look so lifelike. Yeah, it was incredible. So that so that's why I think you know when I was sort of you know perhaps didn't see myself looking like Brutus, but they put everybody together, put all the stuff on everyone, and yeah, there are some guys that look the spitting image, look like they're yeah, like you say raised from the dead uh a couple of my favorites if you look at the photo a couple of my favorites are um captain lou albano yeah the guy they got to play him looks identical to him it's scary the iron sheet wasn't bad iron sheet yeah brett's jacked yeah yeah absolutely shredded um really cool dude too uh 
Who else was really good? Uh, the guy they got to play Hillbilly Jim, they had a little bit of trouble finding someone because they were trying to find somebody really, really big. They ended up finding a guy, his name's Luke. He's about six foot seven. So, like, the guys are pretty big on set. So, like, even though I'm six four, you know, like, uh, for example, Matt, who plays Andre, is a former NFL player and he's a legit six seven, I think. Um, and yeah, Luke's about six six, six seven, and he's a powerlifter in New South Wales. Um, and he, he doesn't look like it. They put him in all the hair and the makeup and, and the works, and he looks just like Hillbilly Jim. Uh, the one guy I felt really sorry for was the guy who played George Steele. <laughs> he like well, all the he looked like him. The, yeah, but the hair yeah, was probably glued I mean, on. He looked just like him, but, yeah, it's the hair, right? So, oh, so it wasn't his real hair on the on It was not as hairy as you, Tony. No, it's true. Uh, so yeah, no, it wasn't. It wasn't like his own hair. And they tried a bunch of different things. They tried pieces. They tried all sorts, and they just resulted <laughs> resorted to sticking like already cut real hair onto his body every oh, day. Real hair from what part of the body? Well, like other people that had had their hairs <laughs> hair cut, you know, for like the production purposes. Like uh, I grew my hair out because I knew they needed to put pieces in. Yeah, yeah. Um, but really, they still had to. Brutus loved the mullet. Oh um, man, yeah, it was it wasn't a bad mullet. Uh yeah. So if they'd filmed this show in the eighties or nineties, there would have been countless Melbourne wrestlers who could have played George Steele just yeah. as hairy as <laughs> true, true. Yeah, no, that, that is so true, actually. I've seen a few of them. There's no doubt about it. Mate, so the the acting part of it, that just all came naturally to you? That wasn't an issue? No, honestly, uh I think that was the most difficult part. Yeah. So uh, you've been acting yeah. like a nice guy for years. So, <laughs> well, I, what I learned from being a part of it and and doing the stuff that I had to do for it, acting is a skill, and it takes practice and it takes work. Like it's not just um, playing up in front of a camera. Like there is a real level of skill to it. Um, and working with some of the guys uh, and girls that I worked with. Yeah, like you can see why they're good at their craft. And, I mean, these aren't actors that you'll know by name. You won't have seen them. They're not massive Hollywood stars. But there's a lot of, in the same way, you know, these wrestlers, they're career wrestlers. They make a living off wrestling. These are career actors. You know, they've been doing it 25 years, 30 years, and they're still making a living off acting. And they're training um, left and right too. They train a lot. Oh, yeah, there's a lot. So so the way to, the way to describe it was uh, – a lot of the roles were filled by actors, whether local or American, and a handful of roles were filled by wrestlers, uh, both local and American. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw, there was an episode that had Cole Cabana in it and Luke Hawks. Yeah, I'm so, about a season behind at the moment. I'm about how many <laughs> seasons does it run? Three. Yeah, I mean. I'm three seasons behind. <laughs> it's just got its third season announced, so yeah. that's pretty exciting. Um, but the... Guys who weren't wrestlers, that was what Chavo helped to do. Chavo was the wrestling coordinator for the show, so he helped to teach these guys some basics and the things that they might need to do for the wrestling scenes. The wrestlers, we can do the wrestling, but I had to sit with a dialect coach for two hours to work on my American accent, things like that. So everybody has work to do, just in different ways. Yeah, we had uh, Wayne Maddai on um, last year. Yeah. We're talking about it because he's Sergeant Slaughter in mm-hmm. in the show, and um, and he was talking like 
I don't think he's done this production justice on how big it is. No, he didn't. Second time, nation to him, yeah. I think, at the moment. Yeah, well, I mean, this is yeah. Wayne's an old hat. That's and I, I'm, I love Wayne. Him and I get along great, and he was a good person for me to talk to on set and be around on set. Um, he was up there with his wife and son, um, and yeah, and yeah, like it's yeah, it's old hat to him. Um, I definitely haven't been involved in anything of that scale before. And finally, on this, and we'll move on to other topics in a sec. But what was it like putting your life on hold for a period of time and getting away from the reality of life and becoming somebody else? Uh, surreal. Uh, you know, being a wrestler, uh, I had that appreciation for how popular Brutus was. And, and whilst, you know, maybe in hindsight or looking back, people don't consider him a great professional wrestler, but the truth of the matter is he was incredibly popular in the time. You're good at holding and, bags as well. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, he always had a job. Like, <laughs> just, just saying, always had a job. Um, so, yeah, uh, and a lot of people still look back on those moments and times fondly, especially because, you know, those, those mania moments or stuff that he did with the Dream Team, um, people look back on quite fondly. So I took that to heart. I was quite aware of, you know, portraying somebody as well as the fact that, you know, he's still alive. He's going to be able to, he's going to see this. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It just, it, it felt like a, almost like an out of body experience the entire time. Like, you know, you're kind of like, is this really what's happening? Is this really like where I am, what I'm doing right now? Um, and aside from Wayne, there was a couple other guys. There was a guy up there, uh, Jade, who I trained back in New Zealand and he'd been wrestling back there and he wrestled a little bit here he stopped since but he got the role of Roddy Piper so it was nice to be able to see him someone I've known for a long time and share that experience and share those sort of moments where we're like this is ridiculous this is unreal this is surreal talk New Zealand to each other well that too yeah um and the, the cool thing is because of the setting back in the 80s in Hawaii uh there's a lot of Pacific Island actors involved a lot of guys that have come over from New Zealand. So a lot of the cast, like John, uh, like Mana, like Stacey, all of them are New Zealanders. So yeah, I got along with them like a house on fire. Um, and the good thing is you can really relate to Brutus Beefcake because he's played those other characters like Booty Man and Zodiac, and you've got max damage in your history. So you can relate to him on that level. <laughs> I know people can't. I know. So we're doing this via Zoom and video's on. And you guys can't see Brent pulling away from the camera to like lose it with laughter because he thinks he's so funny. But yeah, no, that's <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah, no, I have a multitude of characters, as does Brother Brutai. <laughs> um, I know that we were talking a little bit uh, at the start of COVID when you returned to New Zealand, um, and you were going through a really tough time. Um, what was it like when you know? COVID hit, everything stops, and you kind of had to escape back to New Zealand and, and and get back around family and friends. Yeah, so COVID hit on March 23rd, and then uh, there was a lot of, aside from like, so I actually had done a show that weekend. Uh, I'd just gone up to New South Wales, and it was like in that space where people were kind of like, oh, should we be running shows? Mm. Uh, I took that risk, went and did that show. Then, you know, we all sort of got locked down the Monday after. And then through the following months of that, 
aside from like not having wrestling, not having gym, not having that release, that routine. Uh, other things happened in my personal life too. So I was just taking a beating from all corners. Mm. So I was lucky enough that in my job, I have the ability to take unpaid leave, uh, one of the benefits of where I work. Um, and also lucky enough that I have a family to go back to in New Zealand to sort of get out, you know, and at the time, so this is middle of 2020, uh, New Zealand's in a really, really good spot. They haven't got much COVID. Everything's open. Everything's going. Shows are on. You name it. So I say to myself, well, I mean, I can't wrestle here. I can't even go to the gym here. I can take this time off. I can reset. I can go home. And the mindset with going home and wrestling wasn't to do what I'd been doing previously when I was here, trying to get all the shows I could get. Where I lived, where I lived with my family, isn't a place that runs wrestling shows. It's five hours drive from Auckland and five hours drive from Wellington, two of the main hubs where you've got to have these shows. So my expectation was to return home, spend time with family, get stuff together, come back to Australia, work a show here or there. What ended up happening is I ended up wrestling almost every weekend. And I was on the road a ton, which was great, uh, you know, driving middle of the night, early in the morning, radio on, radio off. Great way to clear your mind, think about things. Um, and the the other concern I had was so I'd seen a lot of New Zealand wrestling on Facebook and, and all of the sort of stuff, and it looked like it had taken a step up. And I was like, I'm not sure if there's even a room for someone like me on the card, if there's even space for me. I don't want to come in, swing my metaphorical dick around and say, you need to book me shows on cards so i went back in cap in hand showed up the shows message promoters did all the things um and i was lucky because the guys who i had helped to train and bring up in the business and were opening cards when i left are now the bookers and the main eventers and the companies now so I was able to go to these people and they were able to say, yes, absolutely, we want you on. What I'd like to have done is I'd like to have been, you know, opening match or like first half, like before intermission, like don't put me on in the main event, none of that. But like sure enough, I ended up in that spot half the time anyway. So it was like I'd never left in a wrestling sense. I was wrestling a ton in New Zealand. And I am thankful for that because I made – New friends, I grew, I learned again. Um, it was a really uh, chicken soup for the soul type thing. I'm going to play that back to my kids and just show them when I say to them, never burn your bridges. That's exactly what we mean, isn't it? Always try and leave a situation in a good situation because you never know when you're going to need to go back to it. And this is obviously the perfect example of that. Yeah, well, I mean, I've, I always try not to... Be rude to people, be mean to people without reason, without cause. You know, if I don't like someone, that's a different story, whatever. But generally speaking, there's no reason for me to be rude or mean to anybody. And, you know, like, I guess I'm just thankful that, you know, the stuff that I passed on to them at that time stuck with them and they've continued to, you know, pass it on to the next wrestlers that are coming through. And that was cool to be a part of back home in New Zealand, meeting the new guys, seeing what they're doing. 
I mean, you've obviously got uh, Farley Dojo in Auckland and the guys that are able to go through to New Japan yeah. as a result of that. So, yeah, the country is in a great spot wrestling-wise. There's still a ton of good talent. I don't know if you guys have seen, but uh, Moody and K9 are back. So potential for them to come back to Australia in, in you know, the near future. So, yeah, a lot going on. Yes, Not, I mean, I, I mean, I forgot also. He'd be upset. Marcus Cole wrestled on the weekend. I forgot about that. Yeah, we had him. We had him on the show last week, and it was great to have a, a chat yeah, to him. He complained that he didn't shit on you um, afterwards. He forgot well, to shit on you, or enough. Yeah. See, this is what I was going to say. Like, I mean, he won't listen to this because he doesn't. Because he won't listen to my one. But uh, I didn't listen to his, so it doesn't matter. It's it's all right. <laughs> Well, can you listen to his just to get us that extra, yeah, that extra, extra download? Like, great. you know, all right, yeah, I'll, li- I'll listen to it. But like, if he doesn't shit on me, then I mean, what am I listening for, really? Well, I think Lyle shits on he, on you for him at the start because he quotes him. He quotes him from the previous interview where all he did was shit on you and Davis Storm. Mm. <laughs> You're in good company. Yeah, no, Marcus is an asshole. I hate his guts. Um, <laughs> I'm glad he's going to retire. No, that's what, no, we'll see. We'll see. I feel I, 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 the thing about like I, um, I feel like this is this is sort of off topic, but like there's been a lot of injury lately in the wrestling you know community, and the big the worst thing. I mean, maybe I'm speaking out of turn. Maybe I'm only speaking for myself, but I think one of the worst things a wrestler can have is you know any kind of loss of body autonomy. You know, like. Mm. This is our tool. This is how we make our money. This is what we do. And when you have a neck injury, have a leg injury, have any of these things, you know, like that's the thing that really gets you down. Um, so I feel for all the people I know, you know, Ricky in Sydney, Mark's got a C, you know, C6 spinal potential thing. There's a lot of stuff going on. So uh, thoughts out to everybody and hopefully everybody continues to stay safe. And the worst part for Marcus Cooley is he didn't even do it wrestling. Fell off his bike. Yeah, I know, bloody wuss. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that return to home you were talking about before and that taking that leave without pay and the like, I'm assuming at the time you probably thought, because nobody really knew what the hell we were dealing with, and I, I presume you probably thought, yeah, I'll go home for four or six weeks and I'll be back. It'll be well, all over. I mean, if I'm being totally honest, the thought process was maybe on going back to stay. Okay. Um, you know, like looking at how things were going here. I lived, uh, I used to live in Brighton or like near Brighton. Brighton. With, yeah, We've done exactly. all of Brighton. We know all of that. Yeah. And dealing with some of the individuals I had to deal with down in that area wasn't the most pleasant of experiences. Mm. Um, Karen? so then, you know, like, was I was there a lady called Karen involved? There were probably a few Karens, to be fair. Several. They were all called Karen. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, the thought was maybe I'll go back, maybe I'll set up shop here, see what that's like. Um, but in reality, like aside from the wrestling, um, the cost of living in New Zealand is even more severe than it is here. Hmm. Um, uh, there was an article the other day, apparently a block of cheese that costs $9 here costs $20 in New Zealand. God. Yeah, so, so the reality of living there, working there, you know, aside from putting tights on, isn't really that feasible. So obviously, obviously the cows off. got the better the better end of that CBA bargain, didn't they? Well, to be fair, you'd want to be earning the Australian dollar to be to be paying the New Zealand dollar on the cheese. Well, that's uh, well. I mean, like, we're not 
we don't need to touch on, you know, New Zealand politics and sending our cows to China to buy the milk back to make the cheese, but that's okay. Oh, we do that with um, wool, with wool in Italy. <laughs> yeah, you send yeah, it you over as wool, buy it back as fabric. When Jesus in the life of Brian said, blessed are the cheesemakers, obviously he wasn't joking at the time. Good <laughs> <laughs> scene of the future. Um, so, yeah, I was lucky enough that, you know, whilst I was on unpaid leave, I was still technically employed. So I was able to come right back to full-time work um, and go from there. And you've been uh, wrestling a fair bit since you've been back. Yeah, funnily enough, again, uh, not through a Just message. when you get out, they drag you back in. Yeah, well, the funny thing is, is, you know, word gets around the haunches and then people are like, oh, Slade's back, rah, rah, and so, you know, these things happen. Um, I've been doing a lot of work with Lucha Fantastica. Uh, which has been really great. We've had our two big shows. Well, they had the Geelong show, unfortunately, I couldn't be a part of, but yeah, so say three big shows. Um, and those are, those shows are incredibly fun. Uh, a tight-knit crew. Everyone gets along. Everyone enjoys each other's company. Tony's a big convert after the last show. Massive one after seeing that, after seeing your main event in Brunswick, I think it was, wasn't it? Or wherever it was around that area. Preston. Yeah, we were, we were in Preston. Yeah, Preston, it was too. Uh, the thing that with that slate is that the crowd that I saw there was a totally non-generic wrestling crowd. Uh, if there was 250 there, and it was a pretty packed night, 230 had never seen a wrestling event in their life. Or if they had, well, they only go to they go Lucha. to Lucha. Exactly. If they had it, they'd only gone to Lucha. How do we convert those people into normal re- wrestling fans, or can't you? It's a, it's hard, right? So there's a lot of factors that go into that audience, the area, you know, you the know, the, yeah. Yeah, alcohol. Uh, the way to think of the Lucha Fantastica shows is it's not really a wrestling show. It's like a whole event. There's, yeah, not to mention, I've always been a big believer, like I'm giving away the secrets, right? But I mean, <laughs> if you're going to run a wrestling promotion, like you need to be able to sell alcohol. Like, I think you're shooting yourself in the foot if you don't or can't. Um, well, to watch a wrestling show, I need to drink alcohol. Most so. do, though, now. Most do. Yeah, I can't think of too many that don't. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's just a matter of venue or things like that or licensing sometimes. But if you get the right spot, like, yeah, you need to be able to look at your audience up. But, but having um, said that, it's a lot easier to go and grab a drink at a Lucha Fantastica show than it is at Thornbury Theatre where you've got to get out of your seat, walk past people, go well, out. You're the saying that because you're that. sitting upstairs, Tony. No, but I'm but even <laughs> if you're sitting downstairs as well. You've got to walk past people, you've got to get out the back, go there, get it, come back. It, it is a lot easier. Yeah, it's why I like to stand yeah. at the back near the bar, Tony. Yeah, there you go. There's well, methods uh, of my madness. I think, I think most Lucha Fantastica nights they have at least two bars. Um and then, you know, they have sangria and margaritas and tacos. and You didn't tell and, me that sangria. Yeah, they did, yeah. Yeah, it's good. Um, oh. And a mariachi, obviously. So, like, it's a whole thing. So, people, people don't necessarily view it as, I'm going to watch wrestling. They think of it like, I'm going to watch, I'm going to a Mexican event tonight. I'm going to drink so tequila. Yeah. And so, like, I almost, like, the wrestling's almost secondary, you know. Like, it's like Wrestle Rock. Yeah, which is which is absolutely fine because what what they're promoting is an entire event. They're not saying we're promoting a wrestling show per se. Yeah. Um, in terms of converting them, the the thing about what we do at Lucha in terms of the wrestling we do is like, I mean, if you've ever, it's not 
the same kind of hardcore indie wrestling that a lot of companies would do locally or fans of wrestling might expect to see when they go and watch an indie show these days, right? Like it's pared down because it's not a wrestling audience and we don't have to do insane stuff. Do we do some good stuff? Absolutely. Do we do really insane stuff? I wouldn't say so. So, you know, people are willing to engage with wrestling to a certain point and when you dress it up in the lucha stuff and put all of that around it, it doesn't seem so weird to talk about on Monday with your co-workers. But a regular old wrestling event, I don't know. It's it's a harder sell. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if you can convert them. It'd be cool if you could. Mm. Um, but I mean, I think it's testament to the fact that there are a lot of people that will go to a wrestling event in Melbourne if you know how to market it to that crowd. You know. You mentioned you didn't when you got back to New Zealand. You didn't put your name out there to sort of get the shows, but it, it happened. Have you done the same since you've been back? Have you? told sort of people in the last 12 months or so I'm here and I'm ready to wrestle or are you just happy with the way life goes at the moment I'm happy with taking the bookings as they come at the minute um, a few people I let know I work regularly with Kingdom in New South Wales so they've always had tabs on me when I've been back when I've been gone these things um, I'm a champion for PWE in New Zealand at the moment so uh, at some point I'll be have to go back to New Zealand to defend that belt no, make him come uh, here and win it off here well, that's another option too, but also I wouldn't mind a trip back home. <laughs> um, but I didn't, again, I, I sort of took the same strategy that I did when I went home and that I didn't sort of actively reach out to promoters when I came back, really pushing, you know, hey, I'm back, hey, I'm looking for work, da-da-da-da-da-da. Um, and again, funnily enough, I found myself with more work than I expected. Mm-hmm. So I've been working on, like I said, a ton of lucha, fantastic stuff. Um, aside from the large events, we do a lot of small shows and, and demonstrations and things. Um, the Mayhem show, I did, I did Mayhem for the first time. And the funny thing about Mayhem going into that was that was the first like proper indie show I'd done in maybe about two years. And I told the boys I was available. Uh, and they say, hey, yeah, cool. Like, we might look at using you. Like, we don't have room for you now, but we'll, you know, we'll talk about it in the future. I'm like, yeah, cool. Uh, I had Lucha on the day of the Saturday and on the Sunday. Uh, I was traveling uh, with somebody who was also on the show anyway. So I was like, all right, well, I'll just come and watch. On the Wednesday night before the show, I get a message from the guys saying, hey, uh, Mitch is injured. Can you do the full way main event? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, sure. Main yeah. event, um, Mercer. Yeah, right. Straight back in. I'm like, you can't even just, you know, put me in the opener. No. Um, and yeah, and what is it? Yeah, four way with JXT, Sid Parker, Jake Navara, and Indy Riffick. We're doing all the stuff. And I'm just like, man, I haven't done this in forever. Like, I was a step off. I'll be honest. Like, I felt it the entire time. I'm like, no, nah, I'm just not. Not that I was gassed. I don't mean gassed. I mean, like, mentally a step mm. off. And I was like, no, nah, like, it t- it's a different mindset and it does take some getting used to again. Um, it must have been uh, good to get in the ring and see some of those guys that you probably haven't seen for a while and, and seeing some of those young guys backstage that um, are training at Relentless because they're doing a pretty good job. They're doing a fantastic job. Um, Phil and Jake and... Uh, Josh are doing an incredible job over there at Relentless. Mayhem is a great atmosphere. Uh, I was very privileged to be a part of that because I appreciate and understand that it is a tight-knit group. 
all of those guys who work there, aside from a handful of, you know, ring-ins, guys like Lockie and, you know, talents that they bring in. Um, you can train say Tommy, Tommy Hellfire was on that show, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Anthony from Max was on that show, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you, so, and him, you and him have both got dating show history. You would have been able to bond on that. Uh, him, me, and Paris de Silva. You know. <laughs> well, Paris. Uh, he, so, who's more of a train wreck on their dating show, you or Paris? Man, I I, I don't know if you have you not have you seen mine. Seen bits of it. Yeah. I haven't seen it, so please explain. Oh uh, well, so like my date, uh, she was uh, for the British people at home. She was a toff, uh, you know, silver spoon in her mouth from birth type person. Um, what was the show though? Was it first dates or something? Or? Well, yeah. So I when I lived in England and I did the season two of the British season of first dates. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. It's the funny thing about it is it's haunted me. Right. So <laughs> so so uh British television producers came up with the concept of the television show of how it works, the you know, secret cameras in the restaurant, all of that. Yeah. Uh, I, I filmed my episode and I came back to Australia a few months later. Then the concept gets sold globally. First dates Australia, first dates New Zealand, first dates Ireland, first dates Madagascar, first dates Rwanda, you name it. <laughs> and so what do they do when they show, oh, season one of first dates Australia is on back to back with seasons of the UK show. Yeah, great. So here was me thinking, oh, yeah, cool. This will just live in England and no one will ever know. Yeah. No, New Zealand, Australia. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's going to watch this shit. No, I'm yeah. me. So in terms of whose date was worse, I felt for the bloke. I really felt for him. Like I had to watch it myself to know, you know, having been in that position. Uh, the thing with my date is she just, she could talk both hind legs off a donkey. That was the main thing. She just talked the entire time. I couldn't get a word in here twice. Um, with Paris, man, obviously the waiter doesn't know how to work. Like that's clearly what the problem was. Uh, yeah, it was tough. Um, I thought, I thought, you know, like he was sincere. He was, he was friendly. He was nice. He's a Um, lovely, he's a lovely man. Yeah. And he's a good looking dude. It's not like he's not that either. Look, I've Um, had some bad first dates, but luckily there's an audience of one on those. That's the hard, that's the toughest part to deal with. Like, so. Uh, if he was smart, he didn't go on social media afterwards to torture himself like <laughs> I did after my episode. <laughs> um, yeah, people are people are mean. People are mean. So you're telling me that this is a genuine date? You guys don't know what's happening behind the scenes. So uh, the way it works is, you know, you apply for the television show, you do all your pre-tapes, or your, you know, I, I like this and a girl, rah rah, yeah. rah. and they give you the opposite. What, what what they try and do, they say they try and match you with somebody who they think, you know, meets your criteria. Now, I'm cynical, uh, <laughs> especially especially at this point. Like, I think in the beginning, if you go back and watch the very first seasons of, you know, whichever one, Australia, New Zealand, UK. It'll be UK, just so we can rewatch you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it feels like there's sincere attempts to get people together. Obviously, it ends up devolving into what every reality show devolves into when it's about creating entertaining television and, and matching people up, you know, yeah. horribly on purpose. Um, like I don't Anthony. Think, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's made for television. And 
I was teasing him about it too because I'm like, you're just a soundbite machine. You're such a wrestler. Like, <laughs> he couldn't help himself. Yeah, I, was, uh, I, I gave him a few stiff shots um, at WrestleBrainia as well. Um, <laughs> he was on the other team and couldn't reach me from where I was sitting. The thing I want to know, though, is did you use the fact that you were in that show on your reference for uh, Young Rock? Oh, no. No, not at all. No. Oh, God. <laughs> nah, nah. You didn't even use it. No, nah, no. Nah, like, I've got this I've got this one good photo that I sent to everybody that Corey Lockwood took of me with two belts. That's about the best thing I send along. Honestly, like, the audition was – when I look back at it now, I'm like, I can't believe – they gave it to me knowing what I know now, like it was a, I set the tripod up on my bed. Like it's in the middle of lockdown. So my beard's long, my hair's long. I look like rubbish. Haven't had a haircut in God knows how long. Like, like, I don't know. Sounds like Pitbull's videos that he puts up on Facebook. <laughs> no comment. Was. Uh, it's his big day on Saturday. It is his big day. We wish him all the best, Craig. No, we don't. But anyway, continue. I, I do love Craig. I haven't talked to Craig uh, or seen him since he's been back. I'm aware that he's, you know, on the political trail. Uh, yeah, all the best to him. Absolutely. Yeah. We need more Craig in uh, federal politics. At least you know what you're getting with Craig. The rest are just all sharks anyway. Yeah, I don't know if a shooting up Parliament was the best idea. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> What's the next 12 months hold for you, buddy? You know, I'm not so sure, which I'm okay with. Politics? Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll jump election toe. coming up. Yeah, jump in. Oh, uh, yeah, as a New Zealand citizen and my refusal to become an Australian one, I can't even vote. So Perfect. I don't think I can, I don't think I can run either. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. age, I can't run either. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just continue to do what I'm doing, I think, Tony. Uh, you know, I guess now words out, people are starting to see I'm back. Um, always open for business and messages. People can always contact me. We can always discuss stuff. Like, I don't know how much of an element of like they expect people to contact them or they don't, whatever it is. Like, I'm open. You can always contact me. We can always chat about stuff if you want to use me. Um, but yeah, I'm really happy. I'm really, things are going really well. Maybe I'll do some more acting work. You know, maybe I'll keep my schedule open for that. We'll see what happens. Um, well, promoters, if you book Slade Mercy, you're guaranteed at least one extra ticket because I'll definitely be going. Yep, no doubt. Yeah, and Lyle will go too. So you got two we, tickets. If Lyle goes, we don't really oh, want to go. True. That's no, the problem. Yeah, that's true. Oh, well, like thing, well, so you could come and then you could sit on the other side and then Lyle, because Lyle's kids are all about Slade Mercy, so they'll want to come too. Here's the thing, Slade. If I sit next to Lyle, I've got to talk to him. If I sit opposite Lyle, I've got to look at him. Um, it's no win situation. It's, it's, it's lose lose. No, it's true. Um, I, I, my apologies, I didn't get a chance to chat to you, blokes at Mayhem. Uh, I wasn't there, so you weren't there. Oh no, I was um, otherwise engaged. But but can I say yes that he jumped out of the ring when he saw me at Lucha and came straight <laughs> up to me <laughs> during the match really to say up. hello. Very professional. Yeah, no, I was glad to do that. yeah, no, it was good to see you there, Tony. Um, I know, like, because the gig had sold out and it was hard to get tickets. A lot of people struggled to get in, so I was glad you got in. The funny thing about he it was... He, he stuck in. Uh, well, no, I didn't know. My, my son's mate was there with a group of friends, and he actually got me a ticket. I said, can you get me one when you get yours? You so said it was your him. mate. No, no, it was my son's mate. So I'm talking to him, and then you came up to me, and he goes, oh, do you know him? I said, yeah, it's Slade. 
Oh, what? Thing is, you probably knew everyone on the card. There's wearing masks, so you didn't know who was who. They were. Exactly. That's yeah, which point. is the funny bit, though. That night was one of the rare occasions where I've worked Lucha without being under a hood. And again, the you know the fun part of what we do at Lucha, they always like to touch on current events. So that show, I was Novak Djokovic, and I was teaming up with COVID, and we were going against Dan Andrews and the vaccine. Yeah. Who was playing uh, COVID? Uh. Kayfabe. Because <laughs> I know it's Dan Andrews. Like- I know that um, that state ceiling motherfucker, um, yes, JJ Ferno was playing Dan Andrews. Oh, yeah. Well, the COVID, the COVID and the Vax, they're just guys in morph suits. <laughs> they, like, were, really, they were just in morph suits, exactly. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm sure I would have been able to pick them, but Tony, COVID, no, no was, chance. COVID was red and Vax was blue. Correct. I remember that. <laughs> and, and JJ Ferno um, did a beautiful finishing move off the roof. Which JJ Ferno is a very good wrestler. Which I thought, JJ's, my God. JJ's incredible. I got a ton of time for JJ that night. It was the first time I'd had a chance to work with JJ. Uh, and we work, when we do the Lucha shows, we have an afternoon show for the kids and then the adults show in the evening. So typically you'll work the same match you work in the Arvo and the evening With more show. swearing in the night. Yeah, more swearing and, you know, gestures and things of that nature. Yeah, uh, he's, he's a he's a good guy as well, JJ. I got a lot of time for him as a person and a wrestler. Just don't ex- just he does steal seats. Okay. Is he the same in the locker room? Does he steal everyone else's seat in the locker room like he stole mine in the crowd one night? <laughs> Never forgiven him. I can't. I, can't I, I don't. I haven't noticed. I'll keep an eye out for it. Yeah, yeah. watch it. Just watch Seriously. out because you'll be standing. Yeah. Oh, sneaky old JJ. Eh? Yeah. He's well known for it. Mate, it has been musical cheers, Ferno. Eh? It has been so good to catch up with you again, buddy. Great to hear your voice and see your face. Look forward to doing it in person shortly when we see you out there in a ring, mate. Keep well, and we'll talk again soon. Thank you guys so much. Always a pleasure. Never a chore. Can't wait to see you guys in person soon. Hashtag book Slade. Yes, book him now. Slade <laughs> Mercer joining us here on the Turnbuckle. Welcome back, second half of the program here on the Turnbuckle, and Bulky and Lyle with me. Is there any reason why he did not answer the question? I don't know. I thought you must have had him on mute. He no, sat there the whole time, didn't ask one question. Don't what? you like Slade? I, actually, I love Slade. He's one of my favourites, and obviously, you know, collectively, he's one of our favourites. Uh, he's one he of loves the- your kids. Oh, so yeah, well, he, there's a reason. Yeah, for that. No, he was. He, he said that he's over with your kids. I think that he's just. Um, Trying to get you, get your money out of your pocket. Go hey, on. workers got to work. Um, but yeah, uh, lucky you didn't let because I think it's because I'm on Zoom this week. I wasn't able to make it to the studio work commitments. You guys didn't lead me in. You didn't give me the wink like it's your turn, Lyle. You know? we're waiting for you just to jump in, mate. Oh, Tony's gonna know, have to mate. edit all the gaps we left for you. <laughs> When I listen to podcasts, I li- listen in 1.5 speed, so there's no gaps for me. No. So you shouldn't be doing that because then you lose all the nuance of the performance. Uh, you don't. What the, pro- pause for, the pause for effect. I You're not getting the full experience, Lyle. Listen, I'll tell you what. Joe Rogan doesn't have that many pauses for dramatic Who the effect, fuck's right? Joe Rogan? Why would anyone listen to Joe Rogan? <laughs> I don't know. We've both got bald heads. 
at the minute. So you, Joe Rogan, everyone... you, Joe Rogan, and Pitbull. <laughs> I tell you what, I would. Would... Yes, it's I been would... a few... over for the election. Yeah, there's a few Pitbull mentions because I think that um, I don't know if we'll hear from him after he gets no votes on the weekend. Well, he might get a couple. He's gonna Ooh. get it. So. Like he'll get people... like seven because I reckon he's gonna go to seven different voting booths and vote. Well, can I just right. say, can I? And in regards to voting, I've already voted because I've got. To, I'm heading up for motor racing this weekend. Because you're so, devoted to no, the no. cause. I, I voted on Thursday. I don't want to get fined. That's the reason I voted. I uh, voted as well already. I haven't the, because the, I want to get a sausage on the Senate paper, folks. I'm not telling you how to vote. Please do not think that this is. Well, I wouldn't me. listen to you anyway. On the Senate paper, can you please make sure that you vote below the line? So you've got a key like one to twelve numbers for twelve. I always people. vote below the line. And there's a bloke who's an independent called James Bond. I'm not. Can you voting please for make James sure Bond. you give him seven <laughs> number not, seven vote? I'm not voting for James Bond. I gave Bond. him number seven vote. You've got to. Well, I've never seen a James Bond movie. I was going to do 007, but I thought no, that might just valid the paper. In, so to keep invalid. invalid the paper. So to keep it valid, I just put seven next to James Bond. You've oh. got to do it. Well, uh, I'm be... not going to do it because I, I, take, think... I take my responsibilities of voting very seriously, Tony. And then I think two blokes blowing there was a bloke who had a surname C O C K S Cox. Yeah, I've seen him interviewed. Yeah, that, um, yeah. He seemed like a nice guy. Yeah. Unfortunate name, but what was his first name? Oh, I don't know. Co- Mike Co- Coburn. Um, Coburn no, maybe I, on the run sheet tonight. I I uh, I drove past your your house. On the way home from work, Tony, there's still a bit of daylight. I'm not sure why you've got the uh, Craig Cole sign on your name. <laughs> You're not even his uh, electorate. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know what you think you're voting for, Tony, but I was just like, I'm doing this from home this, this week. <laughs> Safer. Yeah, no one's, no one's captured a photo of me walking past that. <laughs> uh, tell you what, uh, are they going to have photos of Sasha and Naomi on the walls of WWE at the moment? There's a, a bit of crap happening there, isn't there? Might be oh. off Vince, Vince's uh, Christmas card list. I just love how they like up oh, and Sasha's unfollowed him on Twitter. Who gives a shit? So take us through what's happened here for people that may not know. Um, so apparently at Raw tonight, uh, they've been booked in a six-pack challenge. The winner gets a shot at Bianca Belair's title, and um, they walked in and handed their belts back and said they weren't respected as tag team champions, and they were out of there. Walked. That's crazy. WWE released a statement. Um, now there's a fair bit of he said, she said. WWE is saying they accuse the people that are in the match against of being unsafe. Uh, words coming from their camp that they never use the word it's unsafe. And who knows? But um, apparently, Naomi was meant to win that match as well. Yeah, it's all it's it's all straight. It's, obviously, there has to be more to it than just the main event of Raw. Even. Um, obviously, someone's shot off into uh, Corey Graves's ear while he's on commentary, and he's said that the Naomi and Sasha are unprofessional in leaving. So, you know, WWE he hasn't done that off his own bat. Someone's well, he used to do that every, that every week about Sasha anyway. That was his yeah. At one stage, so, yeah. You know, hey, maybe he did just do that to keep uh, keep that gag going. But uh, oh, there's got to be underlying issues there. Um, yeah, it's um inter- it's interesting because obviously mm. we don't know what's going on, but um, I mean Sasha Banks, if they actually booked her like a superstar, she'd probably be the biggest name in WWE. She's she's over despite the way they book her. Yeah, maybe you know because WWE the brand is actually the 
the drawing power these days. Maybe they don't want to make Sasha too big because she's, you know, already done the Mandalorian. She's got other interests outside that could take her away. Uh, oh, I don't know. Yeah, it's going to. Yeah, why would you I, want someone? Why would you want someone selling tickets? Yeah, all I know is the last person to walk out like this cost themselves a lot of money in merchandise and t-shirt money. I don't think uh, Sasha and Naomi are going to cost themselves as much money as Stone Cold did when he walked out on the company for mm. uh, difference in booking issues. Or but it has to be more than just this match. Yeah, um, I guess we'll just wait and see and look at the dirt sheets and hear all the bad rumours that will be proven <laughs> wrong at the end of the day. Good news for WWE, though, is there's some big names coming back, and one of those is uh, it seems like Bailey may be coming back into the WWE after an ACL injury from uh, the training session last year. So that would be good to get another big name back into the women's division for them. Yeah, I mean, I haven't heard that Bailey's coming back because I know there were setbacks, but she'd almost be ready, wouldn't she? Has to be. It's been over a year now, surely. She, had, uh, she, had something, she, she did something have something on Twitter set- in the last she, couple of days. Yeah, she did have some setbacks with the recovery. So um, yeah. I know that when people were complaining about her not being on Mania, she's like, uh, I'm still injured. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just take note of this? Uh seven minutes into the second segment that I actually said something that, well, she doesn't know about wrestling. That's pretty cool. Well, the difference is I didn't pretend to already know it. <laughs> and, to. and to be fair, you could have completely made that up, Tony. No, no. <laughs> I interviewed her at Crown a couple of years ago, and was, we have regular contact. I was there. Yeah, you were too. That's right. Don't you speak to her? No. No, she's her. got me blocked. I wonder why. Uh, bad news for Jim Duggan. Looks like his cancer's back. Uh, that is shocking news for him because... I think it was only December that he announced he yeah. was cancer-free. Yeah, and I think he was told at that point in time exactly. And then, uh, yeah, massive turnaround, which is a shame. Yeah, obviously a big part of a lot of our childhood was the old hacksaw. Um, so, yeah, wishing him all the best and hopefully back on his back, back on his feet and healthy soon. Yeah, yeah, it's sad. Like he had a, a cancer scare back in WCW days. Did, yeah, um, yeah. So this, so and again, yeah. Being so close, I think, is the real scary part. Concern, but um, yeah. yeah, seems in good spirits. Um, so Did you know, you talk to him. No, he released a, a video and a couple of tweets and stuff. So you know, shout him out and buy a cameo off him if you can. Well, I mean, especially uh, after he sent such a nice message to Richie Taylor for his too, um, exactly. for his retirement. He, yeah. he went above and beyond for uh, Richie's retirement. So hey, maybe Richie sends him a video. Yeah, Richie, you probably should send Axel a video. Um, That'd be a great idea. What a fantastic idea, boys. Yeah, Jules can record Jules it. Jules can sort that out. I'll message him now. <laughs> yeah. As long as you uh, double down and tell him the exact time when you need Axel, him. you don't know me, but my name's Richie Taylor. I'm a wrestler. <laughs> you did a shout-out for me for my retirement. So, yeah, no, that'd be great. And we'll if, if it does happen, we'll make sure that we get a copy of it and we'll play it on the podcast. <laughs> Yeah. Of such a personal I'll, message. I'll, I'll put, it in, put it in the group chat now for Jules to not what, uh, read it. So Now, in my research of the <laughs> next... <laughs> not read it. <laughs> He's been a little bit lax today, hasn't he? Hasn't got back to us on anything. Well, he doesn't, yeah. He, well, does uh, I, I think he's got ago, you... Actually. I think he's got you so that your messages are muted because he doesn't respond to your Well, messages. as of 45 minutes ago, we thought he was going to be part of the podcast. That didn't happen. Anyway, that's cool. Uh, 
in my research of our next topic, I came across this from a journalist uh, on the internet. Dear Ric Flair, I love you. You're one of my all-time favourite wrestlers. I remember the first time I ever saw you in Mid-South Wrestling and asking my daddy, Daddy, why is that man yelling? I will always be jealous that I'm not just a jet-flying custom-made son of a gun who takes women to Space Mountain. But when I saw the confirmation that you will be wrestling again, I just had to write this. Even though you might say you want to die in the ring, I don't want to see that. I neither, and neither do the fans. I apologise to you in advance, Nature Boy, but I don't want to see you in the wrestling ring ever again. No, who said that, Tony? I can't remember the guy's name. I'll look for it, though. It's nice of you to use his words and just not bother no, no, <laughs> crediting him for it. What do you guys talk about? And I'll find out who it was. Uh, yeah, this... I, this oh. You know, I actually didn't think about the uh, the dying in the ring aspect until you mentioned a couple of days ago when we first seen this, Tony. But I think it's 100% right. Like, he, he would be one of those guys that would want to. Um, horrific if it did happen. Um, but he wants to get in the ring. There's already a match lined up. Is it with the... Um, I think he's only having Rob- the one. The, the rumors, yeah. I mean, he's only having the one match. It is one too many. I didn't want to yeah. see his last run. Is that the one in Australia Michael with Hulk? Patrick Rogers? I apologise, Michael, for not mentioning your name. That's right. I'm sure you've never heard our podcast. I've never heard of him. Life. I've never heard of him either. So, yeah, um, yeah, against the Rock and Roll Express and FTR are meant to be involved. Listen, it, it I think it's going to happen. Like a terrible match. Uh, well, I think it's just people ticking off their bucket lists and having a some promotion run it for you, I guess. So, well, someone's going to pay for it. Um, you know, you can say you've had uh, Ric Flair's second last match, third last match. Um, well, apparently yeah. it could be his last. Well, I mean, well, he's, had, he's had his he's, last he's match had a, lot a few of times. Like, he's had more yeah. retirements than John Farnham. Yeah. Yeah, he's not up to Terry Funk's level yet. Um, to be the best, you've got to beat the best. <laughs> To be, yeah, to be right. the man, you got to beat the man. That's exactly right. <laughs> you put a Bret Hart in there, you mix them both together. I like it. Either way, you know, I just yeah. hope when he rocks up to the building, he doesn't enjoy the creative and he unprofessionally leaves before the main event. I hope that um he gets married between now and then and divorced twice. Well, that well then he's definitely having more than one match if that could he have a tag team, him and Charlotte versus well, another no, Charlotte's, Charlotte's under contract and Rick is not. He quit. Yeah. Yeah. Like an idiot. Um, he, and yeah. then got divorced again. So he had no one to pay for his <laughs> is divorce. Is father time. son, though, that we could use? Could yeah. I be? mean, you Rick Steiner and, and, and his son, but you're talking about father daughter. No, father daughter, sure. sorry. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're not going to use Tessa, that's for sure. Well, The Rock, The Rock is rumored to come back next year. He still has a daughter that's in developmental. Hmm. So, yeah. I don't think Rock's coming back for well, it's Santino. Santino's <laughs> daughter's wrestling in the oh, NXT that's right. Tournament. Yeah, that's yeah, uh, the the niece of Santino. The daughter. No, the niece oh. of Santino. Yeah. yeah. Mm. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Uh, Welshie, you went to MCW. I did. What did you think of the said show? I enjoyed the show. Excellent. It was really good. Um, there were some definite highlights that, like Tommy Knight versus Slex, probably my match of the year so far. Um, all promotions worldwide. That was an incredible match. It was like, I mean, we're all used to seeing Tommy Knight in a big Hoss fight 
where um, he's there's two big guys throwing each other around. I mean, I saw Tommy Knight keep up with Slex, do all of the indie riffic moves, and still do his big guy moves. Um, I think if you get a chance to watch that match, you've you've got to have a look at it because we all thought and know that Tommy Knight, the sky's the limit, but the he may be able to be even better than what we already thought. It was incredible. Um, BDE, so over. And there was a nice moment at the end of that match. There was a kid in the crowd holding BDE signs. Yeah. And um, the boys grabbed the kid, pulled him over the guardrail and lifted him up. It was really nice. It was a real highlight of the night. And it shows the connection that those guys have with the audience. Um, But there wasn't a bad match on the card. That's fantastic. Uh, the great thing about it is it sounds like MCW have just turned it around a little bit. I th- there was a lot of talk about where the company was going. Yeah, I mean, obviously. In regards to their booking and the like in the first couple of shows. When they restarted, they started afresh and and then rebooked matches they'd done before and people probably questioned it. But, I mean, I've been to most of the shows and mm. I always leave having enjoyed myself. Um, there's no reason not to buy a ticket to that show. Yeah. Um, and the next show is Ballroom Brawl, yeah, which is always a highlight. Early Can't go wrong with a rumble. No. Um, and uh, the other one, the other one is like Mitch Waterman is really over with that crowd. Really, really over with that crowd. They, they're desperate to see him win matches and he's really connected as well. So, I mean, we love Mitch here. Um, so, yeah. I would definitely, 10 out of 10, be recommending going to Ballroom Brawl. Yep. Well, there you go. Uh, Jules has actually seen a lot of our messages on our- He reacted to my last Messenger one. page, and he's not talking for some reason. It's very strange. Uh, MJF, is uh, the rumours out there that uh, he could be leaving AEW over money situation. Uh, apparently, he's really filthy and dirty. The blokes are being brought over from WWE for more money than what he's actually on. Problem is, he's on a contract, and to change a contract mid-contract is always going to be damn hard, isn't it? I don't know how true it is, because MJF, I'm pretty sure he's working everyone. He's working all the time. Would he Would he right now be underpaid for the five, four or five-year contract? He's, he's got two to go, at least. Yeah. 100% he is underpaid, um, you know, especially a lot of the TV circled around him in the minute. Is he at the punk level? No. But how many people are at the punk and... Danielson level and the Moxley level. But he's 24, 25 yeah, years old. I think he's okay with those guys, Lyle. I think that from what I'm hearing and from what I'm reading, it's the guys that are coming into the company now that are getting more money than him, and he feels that that's probably a bit unfair. The Malachi yeah, that, Blacks of this world, you mean? Well, yeah. Um, well, to be fair, you know, when he signed the contract, AEW is in a different space. He was know, also an unknown quantity at that stage too. Yeah, so. I've... Obviously, yeah, I mean, he's a lot of upside. On the Indies, M- MLW and stuff like that. But, you know, AEW, he needed uh, TV every week to become what he has now. But basically, he's writing his own ticket for when that contract comes out. And I think he knows how to work it both ways. You know, he, he's playing both sides against each other in the open on TV weekly. Look, he's, he's, definitely, if, he's definitely the guy that WWE would like to have. Yeah. Um, because he'll suit what they do well. Um, but MJF, MJF's working, definitely. Mm. He's just 
not only is he working the audience, he's making himself, keeping himself as relevant as possible. He's getting his name written in all the dirt sheets. He's got two years of his contract. It's a moot point at the moment. Um, and then when the time's right, he'll take the deal that suits him best. And whether that's to be as creatively fulfilled as he can be with AEW or to take more money with WWE, good on him. Yeah. Yep. Good on him. Good luck to him. I'm also hearing rumors. I'm starting to feel like Seb Costello or something at the moment. In regards to you're thinner than him, yeah. You know, just not much. So let me tell you, uh, I, I am losing weight though, and that's fantastic. And great news is, is that Jules uh, just responded. So fantastic, he's okay. What did What did he say? I I won't be on the podcast. No, no, uh, he, said, he was what uh, podcast. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, Bray White rumors. Uh, hearing a little bit that we could see Bray White turn up at AEW. And AEW would be prepared to go the lawsuit and pay whatever it takes for him to come up against. Where are you getting this from? Because I've seen none of this and I've looked on every I'm website. I'm you that I'm hearing this. Uh, and the Is it reason. From the guy why, who made that quote the about reason, Ric Flair? The reason why they could be getting Bray Wyatt and the Fiend into AEW is to come up against Jeff Hardy in his alter ego as Willow. I've heard that the money that. Bray Wyatt wants it's almost it's almost makes him unbookable. Well, MJF would definitely leave if he came <laughs> in. Oh, oh, they better hurry up and book that match, Tony, because the way uh, Jeff Hardy's working at the minute, he's only got a year left. He is jumping off everything like he's twenty eight years old again. Um, yeah, he's a uh, he's putting himself in a wheelchair. And the thing is, every really bump quick. every bump Jeff Hardy takes seems to make Matt move slower. <laughs> And they're not That's even actually, twins. Have we, have we yeah. ever sitting in the same room together? <laughs> Many times. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I have no idea right. where that well, When it came happens, from. you know where you heard it first. Um, <laughs> hang on. How did we, how did you hear it? How did people hear it first from us when you've heard it from someone else? He's saying he heard it from somewhere else. He's trying to do his own kayfabe news. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. He's, he's, it's kayfabe booking matches that can't happen. I like it. Tried that once. Who uh, else are you deciding is going to AEW or leaving AEW? Uh, no, all the super juniors are going to stay at New Japan Wrestling because that tournament's going so well at the moment. Well, the uh, tournament is just kicked off on Sunday night. and Robbie back in his undies. Yeah, Robbie has uh, gotten rid of the shorts. He's showing off his quads. Marvellous looking legs. He's been doing his squats lately. Robbie's quads or Slex's quads? Who, do, who are we going for? Well, you know, I'm nothing against Robbie's quads, but I played Slex, the Slex, yeah. Slex is on another no, level is, at the right. minute. Um, you know, he looks like a bodybuilder, to be fair. Um, but yeah, Robbie was in their opening tag match, uh, multi-man, which is, it was probably match of the night, to be honest. Um Tuesday night, he is, you know, a couple of days ago, heading up against Wheeler Yuta from AEW in his first Super Juniors match of the the tournament. We've got a lot of different guys in the tournament this year across different um, promotions, Impact, and, you know, some guys from England, a couple of guys from Mexico. So it's a bit learning all these new guys uh, from the first night. Uh, but then I think we come into three or four nights in a row. Uh, it's, the matches have all been good so far. Looking forward to what the stories they tell along the way, and 
fingers crossed, Robbie goes far again. Um, but yeah, you're, they, you're they, tipping they, him going to the semis, aren't you? Oh, of course. He, he, you know, if not make the final, uh, yeah. and yeah, you know, he, he could win it. Yeah, you know, the the crowd love him there. You know, New, New Japan love him there. Um, but there's a story him and Wheeler Yuta were telling on Sunday night. Uh, so you know, looking forward to watching the match after we record here. Well, it's hard to call him Robbie Two Belts at the moment. So he doesn't have two belts. That's exactly right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's hard to call him belts. it up again. Yeah. He was Robbie Two Belts for a couple of months there. It was yeah, nice. His pants are falling yeah. down. Now he hasn't got any belts. <laughs> he's in yeah, his undies. That's why he's gone to his undies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> did you say that or did I say that? You both uh, said we it. We said it together. But um, Lyle said it great, first. Great minds think alike. And fools never differ. Yeah, there you go. Is that why we've never agreed? Because we're no fools. No comment. <laughs> upcoming event. <laughs> I may have missed uh, the upcoming event. Tell us about the upcoming event on Friday, the 26th of November. Is the fiend working? That's what Who's he working, Tony? Uh, I just forgot to delete it. I was in a rush after work because well, this be- is usually someone else's job. Could be the first time this year that I've actually had a, what do they call them? Something planted in there. No, no. no? I've just I've I've left okay. the show off there. I can tell you though, the Saturday, the twenty first of May, Adrenaline Pro Wrestling, a wrestling in Seaford present. Then they present Hold the Line. Also, PNH. Hang on, my glasses are. It's, it's meant to be new. PNHPW new, new Horizons Pro oh, Wrestling. Okay, uh, present because we can at my favourite venue, of course, the uh, Coburn. But I think the way you spelled that, you want me to say Cockburn. That is how it's spelt. What, C-O-C-K? <laughs> yes. It's Are you weird. talking about the guy that was on the electorate still? That's how you spell Coburn. Oh. Uh, also, Newey Pro, our great friends up at Newey Pro. Friday. have got the Southern Cross Hall. Uh, Friday, the 20th of November. Uh, 20th, November? 20th of May. <laughs> You've you still got November up on the screen. You... Uh, at Newcastle West, 841 Hunter Street, Southern Cross Hall, uh, presented by Korea Property Management. Is that Phil Korea? I don't know what it could be. New E Pro Wrestling on you get a, Do you Friday. get a discount if you have a Southern Cross tattoo, Tony? I don't know. Have you got one? No. no I may look like I, I have reckon, one, but I, can I, reckon, I definitely do not. I reckon you would at King of Colac. <laughs> All right. That's it. We're done. Uh, who's joining well, us next a, week, Tony? I don't know. You tell us. Julie and James. Oh, yes. We mentioned that earlier. That's right. It was in Julie the group chat, Tony, that you and Jules don't read. Because it's going to be a uh, a preview of uh, WrestleRock. Well, I mean, I'm not convinced Jules will know what's happening on WrestleRock. No, but, he knows everything, mate. But um, I'm just looking forward it'll to definitely digging, be entertaining. Because I'm looking forward to digging into his deep knowledge of music. You're still upset that he stole your job as a commentator in Australian wrestling back in the day. Well, no, I'm not upset. Well, you've mentioned it a lot of times to me. Yeah. You meant, it was in the group chat upset. today. You brought it up a lot. Uh, this is an ambush. But you're, the only Jules, person, you're ambushing Julian on air. The only person who doesn't know that he's bitter is Jules because he wouldn't have read the messages. <laughs> I'm bitter. I'm not upset. I'll probably have myself to blame. He's bitter or a bit upset. He's a bit upset. Um, yes, exactly. <laughs> All right, catch you next week. Catch you next week. And maybe even Jules, if he's still talking to us, right here on the turnbuckle.